Hi, and welcome to Elevate Potential. I'm so glad that you're here. This is a podcast that is designed to help you escape patterns, embrace passion, and elevate potential. My name is Elizabeth Perry, and as a lifelong student of psychology, personal development, and human potential, as well as a transpersonal life and leadership coach, I will be your guide as together we learn from others who are on this journey. Let's dive in. So I got in a dark place where it was, I got so caught up in my brand that I started becoming the brand. Mm. What that means is my relationship with my mom and dad has always been solid, but it started to diminish because I was just so focused on my brand. So I was always talking in terms of like brand. Where any relationship that I had was not good because all I wanted to talk about was the brand. When I would meet new people, my friends, I was like, oh, well, this is a waste of my time. Like I could be building my brand. I could be doing content. And so over time, I was so consumed on the brand of what Morgan was that I actually lost who I actually was. Hi, and welcome to Elevate Potential. Today is a very special episode because I am going to be interviewing the person who really started it all for me. I'll go there later, but just to give you a quick intro, Morgan is the Director of Execution and Evolution at J. Burroughs Sales Training focusing on delivering to sales development teams to enhance their skill sets and performance to clients such as Salesforce, Zoom, and Google. Morgan has been named one of the top 50 sales leaders to follow on LinkedIn, a top 25 sales development thought leader by Inside Sales, and LinkedIn's top best sales voices of 2018, 2019, and 2020. Morgan's work has been featured in Forbes, Sales Hacker, and the HubSpot blog, as well as Harvard Business Review. Now, for me, I met Morgan actually on LinkedIn and (laughs) meeting him was actually what sparked my whole journey of starting to put my voice out there and start to own my story. I am so excited to be hosting you today, Morgan. Welcome to Elevate Potential. Thank you. Thank you. Excited to be here. While I was preparing for this episode, I was just thinking about our first conversation and how nervous and scared I was. And honestly, I did not think that you were going to be able to set up time with me, just given how (laughs) busy it seems you are on the outside. And I always thought it was so remarkable how much you make time for people in your life and also show up for the people who follow and support you. So thank you. I cannot thank you enough for the impact yeah. that you've made on my journey. No, well, I thank, thank you for, for executing, doing the things along the way. And I'm more than happy to help. I always told myself I did that since the beginning. So definitely not going to miss out on that promise. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Well, I want to hear about that. I want to hear about the beginning. I want to hear kind of the untold story of Morgan. Yeah. What were you like as a kid? What were some of the big moments that led to where <laughs> you are now? So this is this is hilarious. Before I go into it, I was hanging out with someone that... Uh, <laughs> Knew me from college. <laughs> this will give you this will give you context of how I was as a kid, but this is important because it's relevant. And they were like, "Yeah, like I don't even know how you're even doing what you do today." Because eighty five percent of the time in college, you were drunk. <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, I was. I was not as focused as I am today, and I was always a rebel, and I always was an underdog in pretty much everything that I did." So growing up, even though I was the oldest. And I've had my conversation with my brothers about this, so it, they, they know this. They just had better IQ. I don't know. They were always just smarter. So my brother skipped, my youngest brother has skipped two grades and he's about to graduate college like really early. Wow. And he already did actually. And my other brother was the 
salatory and, and went to Harvard. I did none of those things. <laughs> like I was a rager, right? I was at house parties that I just do my thing. And that always bothered me because when I would hang out with people, they would be like, oh, you're so-and-so's brother. But that's weird because like I'm the oldest. Mm-hmm. So I was like, what is going on here? So I always had this aura of never truly being recognized for anything. And that made me feel like an underdog because in everything I did, I never was the best or the person. And also as well, I think because of that, I always try to fit in, which is why I did a lot of just drinking and I was out all the time because I was trying to figure out where that was at for me. So really my story just comes from a place of always seeking acceptance and always looking for ways to find what my identity was because I always felt like I was the underdog and never truly was accepted within the circles that I was in, which because I always, always identified as something else, but not as me. And so that's how my story started. And then I got into sales. I figured things out, started creating content, was able to identify with something that I'm truly passionate about that I use every single day. But if we had to go back to the origin, um, I had to start with that story about college because I, (laughs) she was like, yo, you were drunk literally all the time. And I was like, yeah, (laughs) it's different now. So this is interesting because that's, that's where I want to start off. Yeah, I appreciate you going there and saying that because I think oftentimes, quote unquote, outsiders will look at the in crowd who's always partying, always looking like they're having a good time and Mm. think that they have it all figured out. And, you know, I think many people can relate with that feeling of I'm just trying to be accepted because I'm not really accepting myself. So I'd love to hear a little bit more about as you came into learning who you were, learning your skill set and starting to accept yourself. You talked about that being kind of coinciding with your sales journey. So I would love to hear a little bit about the nuances of how that came about and maybe some of the barriers that you faced in finding that self-acceptance as you went on your journey in sales. So let, let's go back to the drinking. And I'm not saying this, I'm not an alcoholic, by the way, also. <laughs> so like, but this is, a, this is an important factor and it answers the question. Mm-hmm. So I had to identify why, why do I drink so much? And also you can ask yourself this question, why do I do whatever so much? Mm-hmm. And the reason I did it is because I didn't want to face my emotions. And I also didn't want to face asking myself hard questions. And so because of that, I was like, let me evade this because I don't really care. It is what it is. Now, to a certain point, you can't do that because then you can't identify with self. If you can't identify with self, you can't identify with others. And so let's go to sales. It correlates. So because I was doing those things to evade the hard questions that I asked myself, if I can't ask the hard questions to myself, how can I ask hard questions to other people? And in sales, how are you going to close deals? You have to ask hard questions to get the real answers. And also you have to have genuine curiosity. And if you're not asking yourself the hard questions, then you don't have genuine curiosity as a whole. So I realized over time, I actually don't really drink that much at all. I may have like two drinks if I'm out, if it's a birthday different conversation, but like (laughs) for the most part, like I only drink like two drinks if I'm like with someone or whatever it is. Cause it doesn't, that's just not what my focus is. I'm very calm now. I'm able to process things in a different way. But what I realized is that I was evading asking myself the deeper questions. Like, why do I like going out a lot? Why do I feel like I can't accomplish these things? Why do I feel like that every time something bad happens, it's just like, here it goes again. What was me? These are thoughts that I would have in my head. And I realized it was because I wasn't asking myself deep questions that I could identify why those things were happening. So I could find the answers and figure out how do I solve this? Is it going to where I go to now? Infrared saunas, is it going to a float take once a quarter? These are things I do now to answer those questions and then come out with solutions because we have to have solutions. And ultimately in sales, as I went through the journey, I originally started off, this is what I should say because it'll get me results, very black and white. And I realized like, yes, there's processes that are black and white, 
But ultimately, where I've seen my success in sales and what the turn was when I started being genuinely curious about situation, my mm-hmm. questions were better. I was more relatable and more deals closed because I was genuinely curious and not just going through the motions, which I had been doing throughout my entire life. So that was the difference in my sales success and the difference in me as a person as well. I think that that's so wise in just the sense that so many of us look outside of ourselves in order mm. to stay unconscious, whether that be drinking, yeah. partying, overachieving was sometimes my thing. I did mm. all the things as well. I went to Arizona State. I mean, I partied. Um, <laughs> you with the A, if you the ASU, you definitely party. Probably more than me at UGA. ASU's crazy. I went there one weekend. I was like, yo, what are these people on? I couldn't yeah. give up. And it, do- it does. It makes it so easy to feel like yeah. you're happening when inside nothing's going on because yeah. you're not conscious. You're spending so much of your life on autopilot because of that for me. I mean, I ended up having to go to therapy with just because of some of that disassociation mm. that happens. And so I think it's really wise what you say about, you know, you were avo- avoiding yourself in a way and some of these solutions of float tanks. And what was the other one you mentioned? Infrared sauna. Infrared sauna. Yeah. I think that those are solutions that are, you know, therapy isn't for everyone and meditation isn't for everyone. And these two solutions are something that are super unique to you and worked for you. And I think that that's, those are things that I've never tried. So now I want to go ahead and try those, but those just like some of the other solutions help you tap into that consciousness and that awareness of self that is needed not only in sales, but in life. One of the things that you're known for is creating an amazing personal brand that ask anybody in B2B sales, ask anybody on LinkedIn, they know who you are. And you're starting to get that recognition on other platforms, creating a podcast, all of that. There's this debate, I think, that I've heard circling around about personal brand. And I think that it's the most authentic personal brands, the people who really know who they are that are resonating. And so I would love to hear a little bit from you on how getting to know yourself, tapping into that consciousness led to this journey that you're now on of creating this brand for yourself. Yeah. So this is a great question. Uh, I was talking to one of my friends maybe two, three weeks ago. And as we were talking I was like, people know me for like sales development, prospecting, cold calling. And I was like, one thing I want to do better this year is express where I'm really at. Mm. Like I make people give like a glimpse of something, but really what is going on or what has happened that was a true failure. Because in December, I took a lot of time. I took three weeks off of social media. And then when I came back, I just went through people's profiles to see like, oh, what are they posting? And no one really talked about like, yo, I was terrible at this. Or this really sucked for me. Everything is highlights, which ultimately is illusion, y'all. Yeah. Followers don't equal revenue. So like it's an illusion. Like most people like you think that are like popping, like they're not. It's like just behind the scenes, I'll let you know. So the thing is, is that I took that and I was like, I'm committing once a month, create something very personal that I wouldn't normally share ever. And the the point of that is that when you think of a personal brand, a lot of people think of it as just highlights and how amazing I am. And people get caught up in even to the point where they have a God complex, where they believe that everyone should follow them because they're great and they're amazing. And that's a trap that ultimately will lead you to failure. It may last two, five years, but 
once you get past the fifth year point, which I'm at right now, you really have to be able to understand yourself or you're going to let this thing catch up to you and you become social media instead of leveraging social media to be a light. And I feel like that's one of the biggest mistakes people have. And I've been in a dark, and I've been in dark places with, with a personal brand. I know it's, it's, it, it can happen to you. And the whole thing is that like, once you are able to identify with yourself, then your voice and your aura comes through your brand. People should be able to read what you post and watch your videos and meet you in your life. And it's the same thing. If it's completely different, then you've completely missed the mark. And a lot of people will be right acknowledged or not acknowledged in the next couple months as people who've been posting during, you know, COVID times, like no one's met anybody. Right. <laughs> so like when you meet someone, it's like, are they legit is what they said. And so that's why it's important to figure out how do I ask myself the hard questions, identify who I am, figure out what my real feelings are. How do I analyze where I'm at so that when I'm speaking to people on a podcast, one-on-one conversations, no matter what it is, they're like, wow, that person, what they're posting, what they're doing, they actually live that life. And that's mm-hmm. what I want people to be able to say. And if they can't say that, then I've done, I've done something wrong and I need to identify what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I want to give you a little bit of credit here because, you know, I think I started following you midway into your journey, maybe not at the beginning, but one of the things that really resonated with me is you were talking about J. Cole, you were talking about video games, like you were showing up in a way on LinkedIn that other people really weren't. And I think that LinkedIn specifically was, is a platform where a lot of people show up in ego and not in any, not in touch at all with their reality. And even just try to be what LinkedIn wants them to be. And to me, you were somebody who wasn't. You were being you and that inspired me to be me. And on LinkedIn, of course, there's there's still that veneer. But I think people like you are really breaking it down. And it seems like you're pushing that even further. And I love that because self-acceptance is like a journey. I am nowhere near there, even though I've had podcast episodes about it, books (laughs) about it, still working on it. (laughs) But I'd love to hear a little bit about some of those dark times in personal brand and how you got through it. What were... What were the what were the struggles and how did you overcome it? So you'll notice that all these things are all coming together. And there are reasons why I brought up certain points. So as I told you all, I always felt like an underdog. I never was able to find my place. And like I really struggled with that. I had a lot of identity issues that I, I truly didn't know who I was. I wore a lot of clothes and even things that other people wore because I was like, oh, that'll make me cool. Like I truly didn't know who I was. high school, middle school, all that stuff. When the brand started to grow as fast as it did, I didn't necessarily know how to handle it. There is no course on how to handle going viral. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. there is no course. There is no like, how do you mentally prepare for that? How do you emotionally prepare for that? You don't. So to give everybody context, I was 24, 24 years old. And people were like, hey, we want you to come speak in front of our sales team that have been in sales for like 10 plus years. And I've been in sales for like four months. <laughs> so it's like, what, uh, uh, what am I supposed to do with that? Like, I don't know. And then people are like, yeah, we want you to come speak on a panel in front of 400 people. I'm 24 years old. I literally am like five months into a role and I'm like eight months, nine months out of college. This is a lot emotionally, mentally. I didn't have any real mentors that could guide me through this. I was really just kind of like watching virtual mentors and like figuring it out along the way and hoping I didn't screw it up. So as things started to happen, everyone has ego. And I, and I subconsciously looking back on it, it was, it was going up. 
because it's like, okay, I made this YouTube channel. Everyone knows, everyone's starting to know who I am. And this is like, no lie. I would go to events. People are asking for autographs, selfies. You're getting invited to the VIP parties. It's unlimited drinks. Mind you, like I'm 24 years old, right? So I'm right out of UGA. So I'm like, oh, free drinks. Like I'm about this, right? I used to pay for it, right? Mm -hmm. And people want to talk to you. People want to meet with you. And it's crazy. And I honestly didn't know how to handle it because it was just, I don't, I don't know what's going on. Mm -hmm. Like I've never experienced this. I've always been the person who's no one's really acknowledged as much. And now I'm being acknowledged on this crazy level. And I'm in a B2B space where no one else has done this before. No person who, who no person was it, no person that was an individual contributor or a sales leader was posting content when I started. I was the first one, period. So the thing is that there was no one to talk to about it. Now there's tons of creators. There's a lot of people who could talk to about it, but I had no one to talk to. And I didn't know if I was doing right or wrong. I just kind of was like, I'll have to figure this out myself. And I had some people on the who started to guide me, but in the beginning it was tough. So I got in a dark place where it was, I got so caught up in my brand that I started becoming the brand. Mm. What that means is my relationship with my mom and dad has always been solid, but it started to diminish because I was just so focused on my brand. So I was always talking in terms of like brand where any relationship that I had is not good because all I wanted to talk about was the brand. When I would meet new people, my friends, I was like, oh, well, this is a waste of my time. Like I could be building my brand. I could be doing content. And so over time, I was so consumed on the brand of what Morgan was that I actually lost who I actually was. Mm. And whether people lost, realize it or not, I wasn't really being as authentic as I could have been because I was just posting sales content. And that's literally all I posted. It was like tactics, 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 tactics. That's it. But I wasn't making myself vulnerable enough to talk to people about like actually what's going on. And I actually, so the thing I had to do is I was three years ago, I made a post. Three and a half years ago, I made a post. I'm in a dark place. I literally put it out there. I don't really know how to go about this. I don't really know what's going on to paraphrase like what it said, but I was like, this is where I'm at. And how has anyone dealt with this? And that day meant a lot because a lot of people texted me, called me. They were like, yo, are you good? I don't really know. That's why I'm posting this because I think it's important to talk about it. So yeah, a lot of people supported me. A lot of people gave me good advice. It put me on the right path and I'm in a way better place now, but it was a dark place because I didn't know how to deal with, let's say, the fame, right, of what was happening. And I felt that on a small scale. So I can now, I now see how artists and musicians and all those people stress out about this. Yeah. I could feel that on a very small level, but I could get it on a large scale. I can only imagine like how they felt about it. Yeah. I've been, I'm reading A New Earth right now by Eckhart Tolle. And I bring that up because ego, you know, a lot of this is about ego. And yeah. ego wants us to be different from other people. And so we double down on the things that make us quote unquote unique. Mm. And I say we because I I do this too. I'm nowhere near, like, I have no followers basically, but yeah, 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 like yeah, yeah, yeah. we all struggle with ego. And so when that, when something happens to bolster your ego, ego wants to jump right into that. And so everyone is, you know, vulnerable to fall into that place. And what truly makes, makes us, you know, similar to other people is what gives us that warmness in our heart. When we're so focused on how unique we are, we can fall into this place of terminal uniqueness. Nobody is like me. And that's such a lonely place and loneliness is such a hard feeling to be grappling with. But when you do what you do and put that, what you did and put that vulnerability out there, that's when you get to realize, oh, other people feel these feelings too. They may not have the same experiences I have, but at the core, we're all the same and that's beautiful. And I think that 
that's something that I'm trying to, you know, learn right now is like, how do I orient my mind more towards how I'm similar to other people and create, put things out there that shows that rather than put stuff out there that's me, 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 I'm so unique. Yeah. And so I think just that's a beautiful journey that you mentioned. Is there anything else that you wanted to share on that? I do. So this, it really hit home with me. That was just going through a journey. I would say like late 2018, early 2019, this is crazy. These events, all this stuff, like people hit me up. It was just a wild thing. And I was growing from it. But what really changed, and ironically enough, it happened like two weeks before COVID. So it made me really think about it. Yeah. I quit a lot of things that were fun to me because I was so focused on being successful. Mm. And so I was talking to my mentor. We were in San Francisco. And he's like, how are things going? Like, how's work? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm hyped and all this stuff. <laughs> and I said, he always turns the tables on me. And then he was like, could you name a couple of things that you've done for fun in the past couple months? Crickets. I didn't have anything. <laughs> like, I had nothing. I was like, uh, I haven't really done anything. And he's like, that's a huge problem. He said, you can't even name anything that you've done for fun. Mm. What are you doing? You need to like go enjoy your life. Like you've done a lot of great stuff, but you also need to enjoy your life. And I was like, that's fair. So basically what happened from there is I was, what are things that I do for fun? So you mentioned the video game posts, like that's where they actually started coming from because Mm. I hadn't played video games in like five years. And like, I was a huge video gamer, played professionally. Like I was big into it, but I just dropped it because I was like, I need to focus on other things. So I got back into it and I was like, wow, I love this. Like, why did I ever drop this? Like I can, I could spend 45 minutes to an hour playing video games. It doesn't need to be like my whole life. And so that's when I started posting my video games, got back into like watching movies that I, that I like to watch, uh, got back into not like business reading, but fiction reading. And I just got back into watching sports again. Like I started getting into things that genuinely got me excited and I had neglected them for so long that I didn't realize like how much it made me whole as a person. So that's also another thing is that, yeah, you have to, you have to I'm not saying that you need to go play five hours of video games, but also what I'm saying is that you have to know when to make sacrifices. I made those sacrifices. I'm not, I'm not saying they were bad. I'm just saying you also have to acknowledge when it's like, you need to go have some fun too and not lose your mind. And that was yeah. another big piece of like personal branding because it does require work and you get so consumed on how do I get more followers? How do I get more likes, engagement? How do I collab? You got to know your strategy, but you also have to have fun while you're doing stuff. Yeah. That kind of brings up a concept for me in terms of in 2018, what did, how did that success feel different than the success that you have now? That's a great question. So 2018 success was pushing the success I have right now is a pull. Mm. So let's talk about it. Oh, we got a lot of shout outs here. Another mentor. <laughs> I got to know where you're finding uh, all these mentors. Uh, too. <laughs> Another mentor. I have, I have uh, well, so it's, this is a side note, but actually a lot of my mentors now I consider peers or friends. So I, I, and there's only one person, he's a friend, but he's just been pivotal that I just still see him as a mentor, but I, he's probably the only one I would consider that it's more of an open right now because I'm looking to do, I'm looking to tackle different skill sets than the other mentors did, but there's a whole, that's a whole different conversation. Personal board of directors is just what you call them. When you have mentors, you don't want to just focus on like one mentor for everything. You have mentors for certain things. So you're hyper-focused and that's what I've done throughout my career and it's helped. So that's just. Nice. A side tangent, but that's what I recommend people to do. But anyways, in this mentor, when I was talking to him, he was, you want to have a pull in your career rather than a push. So what that means is that you're so aligned and confident in what you do. Humble confidence, what we call it. You're so aligned in your confidence. You're so aligned in your craft. You're so aligned in your skills. You have a good network that you don't have to really push for things. Do you still have to reach out? Do you still have to do the work? Yes. 
but like you don't have to be aggressive with it. You're spending 15, 16, 17 hours going like after it. So in 2018, it was bull in a china shop. Like I'm getting after it. I'm reaching out to a lot of people. It's a lot of hard work. It's a lot of hours. It's a lot of grind. We're getting after it, right? That literally was 2018. Now, everything is way more calm and, and everything has slowed down. I don't feel like I'm in a rush most of the time. I'm very patient. I've gotten patient the years. And I've also been vulnerable to ask for help when I don't know what's going on instead of trying to figure it out myself. And I'm also getting better at delegating when I just cannot do the task, which is ego as well. Cause it's like, oh, I can do everything, but we all know we can't. So I operate on pull. I don't push a lot of things. I don't force it. If someone doesn't want to talk, cool, right? If someone doesn't want to do that thing, that's fine. I don't push people into things, all a pull, because I know that the right people show up and th that pull effect will be a thousand X better than me pushing someone to do something. So the success now is just more, it's just more calm. It's just more relaxing. I know it's happening, but I'm more focused and locked in than I've ever been. Mm, I love that. I like that you say put pull versus push. My analogy for that is attract versus chase, you know? Yeah. A hundred percent. Same thing. Yeah. Yeah. And when you think, when you think about that, it's, you know, even in dating, right? You want to attract, yeah. you don't <laughs> yeah. want to chase. That you, know, is you probably don't want to do that. Dating <laughs> advice one-on-one. But I mean, I think that that's such an important message too, is learning how to be in that calm, centered, grounded, value aligned mindset where you already feel successful. So you don't feel like you have to chase. And then everyone else suddenly wants that, you know, suddenly yeah. everyone wants to be next to you because you have that grounded sense of self and success that isn't really determined by these outside things. And then the outside things just start coming. Yeah. I feel like everything in life is so paradoxical like that. And it is. it's beautiful. Do you feel like everything is energy at the end of the day? For sure. Yeah. Money is energy. Love is energy. Everything is energy. And I'm super into Dr. Joe Dispenza and like quantum physics yep. and how every piece of ourselves, everything is alive, you know, and responds to that energy. But yeah, I could go on that for hours. No, yeah, no, I know. I know. It's, it's a very fascinating topic. Yeah. Well, I want to just chat with you a little bit about what, I mean, we've talked about a lot of the challenges that you faced, a lot of the solutions that you've had along the way. What are you working on now? And what's next for you? So every year I pick a theme. I don't believe in news resolutions. I think they're absolutely trash. I think it's a, I think it's a ploy to get people to feel fired up about something. And it ultimately doesn't do anything uh, to get people in the gyms to buy things that they shouldn't be able to buy. And then they do it and they don't do anything. So that's a different, that's a rant for another day. But like, <laughs> I do not like news resolutions. I, because the data says 80% of people fail their New Year's resolutions within 12 days, 80%. So why do we even do them? But anyways, so I pick themes. Themes are very easier to absorb and consume because it wraps around your entire year. It's not like, oh, I'm going to most resolutions. They're like, oh, I'm going to lose 50 pounds. Cool. You go to the gym one time and you think that's going to work and it doesn't. So the thing is here is I have a theme. I've done it for the past five years and has not failed me yet. So answer what is next. My theme is ascension. Now, if you go look up that definition or you're trying to get even get a synopsis of what it means, it means that you're elevating yourself to the next level. So that's what I'm doing. I'm very focused right now on my spiritual growth and my emotional growth. So I'm reading, absorbing things that I normally don't do. And that's been my journey and I've enjoyed it so far. And then the other spectrum of that is elevating others. Now, what happens is when you get to a certain level, you could just do your own thing and be 100% fine. However, I know that this is not 
what I want to do and it's not what drives me and it's not why I'm, what I'm brought here for. So for me in the ascension is I'm focusing on how can I ascend other people that I believe could go to the next level and maybe they don't have the right resources. So I'm just tapping people. I have three. It's actually the most mentees I've ever had. I have three mentees right now. We're locked in. We're making moves. I'm seeing their growth already this year and we're only a month and a half in and I'm, I'm super pumped to see what they're going to happen at the end of the year. But, you know, being a mentor and actually having a schedule has been amazing because a lot of mine's have kind of been offshoots. They've kind of been like, oh, I've helped you for like two months, but I get busy. Like, no, I'm committed to helping them all the way at the end of the year. We have goals. We have what's, things that are going on. We're locked in. Also as well, like people around me, um, everyone in my circle, I have a sticky note in my, in my bathroom, which is a whole other conversation for itself. I have a lot of them. And it's more so about like, how can I elevate them to get where they're at? One of my best friends right now, I couldn't be more proud of him. I literally told him, hey, these are things you need to do. And he's he's killing it right now. I'm like, Yo, where'd you come from? <laughs> You're doing absolutely amazing. But the thing is, it makes me happy because that's what I'm here for. I'm here to elevate other people and inspire them. And that's what I do. So I'm going to tap as many people as possible and give people as many assists as possible to be successful and remove my ego from the situation, even if they get more successful than me which is something that I have to emotionally handle with, right? Because I help them and then it's like, you're better than me now. What the heck? I have to emotionally prepare for that because that's why I'm here though, ultimately, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's my focus for this year. And then also as well, helping people look beyond their sales quota mm -hmm. is one of my main focuses as well. A lot of people hit their quota and they don't really necessarily know what to do. They spend a lot of money. They get their ego all up in a tizzy, right? There's a lot of things that happen. And I want to be able to tell people, Hey, look, okay, you hit your quota, but like, let's talk about what are you doing mentally? How are you making sure you're saving that money? What are you investing into? Whatever that may be. That's another focus this year. So this year is definitely about ascension and all those different areas and excited to see where happens at the end of the year. I love that. It seems like you're really tapping into your purpose and that's yeah. phenomenal to hear. What I have to know, just because I love to walk away with something I can read or something that the readers can dive into. So what are some of the books or spiritual resources that you've been diving into in order to help yourself along this path? There's a really good book that I read over the break. It's called How to Show Up, The Art, the art of Showing Up for Yourself. Most people don't want to do that, <laughs> especially when there's like, it's hard, right? In the book, it talks about having hard conversations, um, how to do that appropriately, um, how do you make sure you tell someone when you've upset or they've upset you? How do you deal when you've done something wrong? Like these are hard things, right? And most people evade them. So how to show how, the art of showing up for yourself has been great. Uh, I really like that. And another thing that I'm in the process of rereading. And then another thing that I have that I am reading is the law of success and the law of success by Napoleon Hill. It comes from a very... If you read it, it actually comes from like a spiritual context, but most people just don't see it that way, but it actually does. Everything in there is actually, you could map back to the Bible if you really wanted to. And so I always tell people to like go read that because it just has a good cornerstone. And then another thing that I'm reading as well is Tribe of Mentors. So my goal is I try to read 10 to 25 pages in the morning. And it's very simple to do that, right? If you go and read Tribe of Mentors, that's like five pages. You go read a chapter, that could be 10 and you're set. I try to enrich myself as much as I can. I'm not going to say it happens every single morning. I try to, but it doesn't happen every single morning. Bliss to do that. Yeah. Uh, just getting just getting outside of yourself, reading a book of somebody else's wisdom is a great yeah. way to manage ego because if you're getting outside yourself. You're learning from somebody else. And exactly. 
for me, that reminds everybody has something to teach me, you yeah. know? And whenever I move through life with that perspective, I feel a lot happier. And that's, mm. that's all what that's all what we're looking for. So we only have a little bit of time left. I would love to ask you, you know, what would you want people to walk away with? What's something that you would like them to walk away of this episode knowing and something that could be potentially helpful to them? I would say what I originally wanted to say is go and write down your questions and ask yourself the hard questions and you could do that. But I actually want to say something different. I want everyone after this episode, sit down, not a lot of noise and silence, whatever, and then write down what is the number one thing that is blocking you from fulfillment? And I say fulfillment instead of happiness because fulfillment is, a, is the next level of happiness. You could be happy, but also be frustrated. You could be happy, also could be content. Fulfillment, holistic. It's like, I actually feel fulfilled by this work, by this relationship, by this person, whatever that may be. If you don't ask a lot of questions when you're fulfilled, just do it anyways because you love it. And I want everyone to get to the place, whatever that may be. So ask yourself like what, and it's a baby steps, right? I'm asking for 12 things. What is the one thing right now that I can tackle that is blocking me from my fulfillment? And if you can answer that question, you're putting yourself in a good spot. Oh, I love that. And I love that you bring up that distinction between happiness and fulfillment because mm. happiness could be so fleeting. Oh, yeah. I just got that award, but tomorrow yeah, you're good. not going to win an award. So I, I love that distinction. Thank you so much just for showing up here today and for showing up all the time. I mean, yeah. when I first reached out to you, I did not think that you were going to respond and <laughs> our conversations. <laughs> I think that actually was around like late 2019, early yeah. 2020, which makes sense why I was seeing you show up so authentically because that's where you were at in your journey is starting yeah. to do that. So I just want to say, A, it made a huge difference. Like every conversation we've had has been super impactful for me and you being willing to jump on here today even yeah. you know ac accelerates that so thank you I want to encourage the listeners here today to actually go check out Morgan's podcast like I am looking to his podcast for inspiration so yep. he his podcast is the one up podcast it's awesome you learn about how to one up your game by learning from how other people are doing that anything else Morgan no that's it. Right. I'm going to leave him with that word. And uh, I appreciate y'all. Yeah, definitely hit me up on LinkedIn, Instagram, if you have any questions. All right. And I'll drop all those links in the show notes. Thank you all for listening today. I hope you got as much of the, out of that conversation as I did. And definitely go follow Morgan. It's worth the listen. Thank you so much for joining us today. I hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. As always, any books, links, or resources that were mentioned in the episode will be in the show notes for you to access. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a comment. We would love to hear from you. Or feel free to send us a direct message on Instagram at Elevate Potential Podcast if you would like to be a guest on this show. Finally, please subscribe and download episodes in order to support the community that we are creating of people who are working to elevate their potential together. Until next time.